Brad here with Alan and where we interviewed uh, Katie Topham and uh, I've known Katie for a long time I know her father Jamie Warren originally name was Katie Warren and her father's uh, a singer songwriter in the country music charts here in Canada for decades and um, but uh, Katie really focuses on this episode on her kids and being a mother and how healing both healing and education uh, really affects her life with her children and music. Al, is there anything you want to add before we get into this? Yeah, I, it was a pleasant surprise, like most of our uh, episodes, getting yeah. to know Katie. Um, and, uh, you know, I had my usual flashback in this one uh, about, about yeah. uh, her mother. somebody else, her mother. That's but uh, getting to know Katie, I never, you know her. I, I never really knew her. And okay. I feel like I know her now. Yes. All right, let's get into it. This is uh, Katie Totham. Aaron Lyons and and and, uh, and Beth was the major player in that one. That's not Beth. Katie's <laughs> no, mom. There was a radio station. There was a radio station too, a country radio station. Yeah, be, Kitchener, you, Waterloo, or something. But you don't. Kicks one, Kicks one hundred six. I used to work there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one, that one. Now, did you plan? Did you plan this, Brad? Plan <laughs> this? No. No, uh, it's just I re when I when when we bring people in, we I go back and have these flashbacks. Of, <laughs> of, I knew this person was connected to that person. Was this? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, so it's about it's about Katie today. It's about Al. Katie. Al, Al, can I interrupt you, please? Brad here. I I, I okay. got the hand up. Hello. Hi, Brad. Hi. So, Al, you dealt with Beth because she did marketing for a show. That's right. And she and she, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. That's when I first met her, and I was really impressed because she was really passionate about the music and everything. So it was like, oh wow, you really care about. It. It's not just a job; you actually care about this. Anyway, I was I was impressed with that. Well, she's been involved in marketing music probably probably since the probably the middle eighties, right? So, anyways. Um, All right, sorry. sorry so Katie, flashback. You, Alan and Katie, can I start now? Is that okay? Please. Yes. All right, Please. thank you. So, uh, Katie had her second child like two weeks ago. I yeah, um, it's three weeks ago now. Three three weeks and like two days. What's the child's name? Her name is Zeta. Oh, so you got a boy and a girl. I do. Awesome. All right, so cool. thanks for coming on here. I'm sure you're busy with kids. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so now that we know some background, uh, so when did you get into music? Club? Well, just so everybody knows, Katie's father is, uh, what's his first name? Some, some guy. Uh, J Jamie Warren. Oh, Jamie Warren. Jamie Warren. Warren Jamie Warren, yeah. Still, yep. still does country, but it had a big country hit, I think it was in the late 80s. It was mm -hmm. well-known independently. Yeah. Um, so is it safe to say that you started music like, like you're one or two years old? I, I honestly pretty much like I the, the the first time I ever actually performed live 
have a yeah. picture of it around here somewhere. I don't know. Um, my office is too messy to find it. Um, I performed live at uh, TJ's Roadhouse at an afternoon matinee because Jason Barry um, was playing uh, with a band that afternoon, and I happened to be there because kids were allowed in the afternoon, you know, family place. And uh, they invited me on stage. I think I was, yeah, I was eight, and I sang a Dixie Chicks song. So, yeah, that was my first live performance when I was eight. Um, oh, yeah, in grade school. I used to write songs for show and tell and stuff like that. Like, I don't really remember a time that I wasn't doing music things. Right. So TJ's was right on King Street, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of different things at this point. That was like a, a country bar. I think it was on King. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like right on King. And it was like it was the only country bar around. Yeah. Something like that. Jason Berry must have been pretty young. Mm-hmm. Must like I've known I've known Jason since well I mean he's known me I guess would be the way to put it since since I was I was born I think right because he be yeah all right uh and then so so did it evolve from there well like, I mean yeah like I it's it's what I do full time now I mean other than the parenting thing I've got you know two two gremlins that I that I chase around as well well the one doesn't walk yet obviously so you don't right. chase her but not quite yet anyway um the three year old he's fast um aside from the parenting thing yeah i mean i i, I play music full-time now so uh, yeah it's it's definitely evolved from there i've uh when i released my first uh full ep in in september uh on the 16th i think in 2022 yeah so is that any, and, uh sorry go ahead no no, no that's that's about it yeah. so has I, I don't know they have they charted anywhere on country or there's just more of uh an independent thing Putting it out on Spotify and all that. My songs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's there's a, a lot of different like independent stations that have that have picked me up over the past little while. I started releasing music to radio um, in 2019, right before I had my son. Yeah. Um, my dad actually was the one he. I hadn't been making music for a little while. I went through some personal stuff for a couple of years and was just like, no, I'll do it when I feel like it, when it's fun, and I'm not gonna make it a job right now. And so I was just doing sales for a while. And my dad approached me at Christmas time and said, so this song we wrote together, it was my first single I released, I Just Don't Feel Like Loving You. And he said, this wow. song we wrote together, um, he said, I think that it could be a single on the radio. So if you don't release it, uh, I'm going to shop it to somebody else. And so I, I'd like you to release it. And I was like, well, I don't have the money to do that. And he was like, no, um, I'm going to cover that. I just, I want you to do this. This is going to be the first thing you do. And I'm like, mm, that sounds like work. Like you're giving me work for Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so was, and he was like, well, if you don't do it, I'm shopping it to somebody else. And I was like, well, I don't want you to do that. So, uh, so I, I released this single and it got, it got picked up by Sirius XM, which was great. And a bunch of different independent stations. And then from there, um, I think we're at, uh, I've had eight different singles get picked up by uh, both Sirius XM and like different indie stations. And, you know, no, nothing top 40 at this point, you know, maybe someday. But uh, but yeah no it's, it's it's going pretty well I've 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 been enjoying doing this for for a living yeah that's well you know me I know a lot of people that do music for a living right so that's true you do a lot of my friends do for a living uh, Sirius XM that sounds I didn't know that Sirius XM had a specific Canadian content or is that North America wide. Yeah, it's 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 an it's a North America wide thing, um, but it's a oh. the Sirius XM country station one seventy one, okay. and it's a it's a it's it's a big deal. People want to get on that station right now. It spins through the states as well, so it's uh so it's kind of cool that way. 
Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, no. I, we, when we we won a trip to go to Woodstock for the 40th anniversary, we had it was Sirius FM was in the car, and you could pick uh, coffee house music, country, uh, you know, alternative rock, whatever. But it's huge. It's actually yeah. very huge. It's actually very cool that you're there. And I think, I think uh, you know that that's that was a few years ago. I did that, so it must be re- it must be a real success uh, maker. Probably even more so than than a lot of people don't listen to the mainstream anymore. Yeah, I, Alan, you're not wrong. Like it's a it's 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 a pretty cool opportunity to be able to be on on XM because it's it's so widespread and uh, yeah, a lot of people a lot of people really enjoy the Sirius XM stations. I know I do for sure. I there's a specific station that's all fish and there's one that's all Grateful Dead and so I <laughs> I flip between those mostly. Uh, Alan, do you know who Fish is? Sorry? Sorry? Do you know who Fish is? No. They're like, um, really? I don't think it's, it's not spelled with a Oh, spoon. yeah, 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 yeah. No, Fish with a P. Yeah, they're yeah. like, uh, they're like a younger version of, um, the Grateful Dead. I'm wearing a Grateful Dead shirt right now. Uh-huh. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I do. I do know who they are now. I just when you said fish, I had the F I S. I was like, who the heck's fish? Right. Yeah, they would. They wouldn't play in Kitchener. The closest they would play is Toronto because they, you know, they draw a hundred thousand people per show, right? So it'd be. I saw them in Toronto last summer. It was a lot of fun. Where did they play? Um, at uh, oh, I don't remember what it's called now, but the Molson Amphitheater. Oh, it must have been sold out because they they can do more than fifty thousand people a night. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Was it, was, it was a lot of fun. Huh? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the, the the kind of the kind of music you write is um, well, first of all, because I know you, I know it's your song that you're singing it, but they're pretty heart wrenching. You know, like they're pretty uh, in depth. Like you stole my heart. Ah! <laughs> that kind of music, right? It really goes right to the to the heart. Would you agree with that? Is that sort of the way you just end up writing? Well, it's funny that you say that. I remember one day my husband came from my husband came home from work and he was like, "Oh, somebody at work had a question about your music." And I said, "What was it?" And he said, "It was when are you going to write a happy song?" And <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't know." Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think that I most of my songs are pretty autobiographical. Like, I don't think there's really any that aren't. So I, I, not that I've had a very sad life. Um, I, I think it's just, you know, I had a lot of experiences, uh, especially over like the past, you know, maybe not the past, you know, six years have been pretty great. I've been, but uh, I don't know, maybe the 10 years before that were pretty, uh, my twenties were, were pretty interesting. So all the writing from that has been uh uh, a little bit sad um but I do actually I do actually have some songs coming up that I've uh, written in recent in like the recent year that are uh, a little bit more upbeat um and Red Flags Green is a little bit more fun right I've heard songs from it but it's still sort of a that sort of sort of leads me into do you find that you're writing those songs because because we talked about before we were on here about you know, just focus on two things is that a healing thing for you first is that a way oh, yeah, of absolutely. Absolutely. Out, of, out of it? Yeah, absolutely. Writing music for me is very cathartic. Like I, 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 
I finally got to tell somebody last year that a song was about them, which was kind of interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know, right? That's a weird thing that you don't often get to do. Um, yeah. But no, I all, all my writing has been healing to a, a certain degree, I would say, yeah. I wonder, a way for me to move through it, I guess. Yeah, every, everybody everybody experiences uh, uh, traumas and things or, or bad patches, and uh, but then we got a process to heal. Exactly. So processing could be art, and that comes in many forms, and then writing poetry, writing songs, absolutely. And poetry is something that's actually been really influential for me for a really long time. I actually studied English in, in at Laurier okay. um, for quite some time. I didn't uh, I didn't finish my degree, but um, but it was uh, it was a real good time. And uh, I still have all of my old uh, my old writing books, my old textbooks, my poetry books. And sometimes I just like to you know go through them and get inspiration. And I still have all of my all my shoe boxes from being a teenager writing angry poetry and stuff like that. It's like you got to hold on to those things. So, uh, did, you know, did you know Lee Willingham at Laurier? Oh, he's, he's the head of music there. Mm. We, I just interviewed him while ones and I interviewed him during the week. Um, okay, so have you had anybody call you or tell you or text you? I don't know how they communicate with you, but saying that songs did help them out? Um, yeah, actually, that's that's a conversation I've been having a lot more recently since I uh, I just released my my latest song. I don't even know her, um, and that one is um, well that, that that song's about about me and about moving through uh, the parallels between my my mental health that I've gone through and the parallels between um, sobriety. Um, which is something else that I've, I've, I've struggled with over the years. Um, and that song, I actually ended up connecting with uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association and donating wow. my, my, my band camp buys from that to them. Um, awesome, yeah. And uh, so it, it ended up opening up some conversations, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I also performed at the show called um, Country Talks Mental Health organized by Broadtree, which is a wonderful band. Um, and, uh, through these shows that I did and through these social media efforts that I, uh, tried to ensue, um, I ended up having a lot of conversations with people who reached out, who really understood the song, um, which was something I was a little bit concerned about because it ended up being such a, a deep moment for me to reach yeah. down to, to write about that at the end of the day, I was like, are people going to understand this? Like, is this something that is going to is this something that's going to actually touch other people or are people going to listen to this and go, huh, what is she talking about? Um, I don't know. So I, I feel like I took a bit of a risk with that one, but a lot of people reached out to me and told me that it was uh, helpful to them to know that somebody else felt the same way, which ended up making me feel really good too. So Yeah. There's always a, there's always that uh, balance between, am I willing to risk what mm -hmm. I have to say? But I think what happens is when you go do it, the the results are more positive. Anyways, that's just sort of my view on it, sort of. But it's hard to yeah, take it's hard to take risks. And, and I I found when yeah when when we sometimes question ourselves, should I share this thought yeah. or this song or this you know, uh, is somebody really going to get this? And it's not popular thought. But the thing is, is that if you're going through it and you don't do it, somebody's going to lose out. Somebody's going to miss oh. out. Uh, because you might help them 
oh, somebody else felt like this. Okay, so I get it. Uh, you know, the sort of that's a uh, great way to think about that. It's a lesson that me and me and Alan are learning. This is number thirty, number thirty-five episode. So we've had to learn by sheer just doing by making mistakes to sort of get through the podcast because. Mm-hmm. They're they're bearing all over the place, right? So you have to sort of just just you got to go do it and see what the results are. Um, so there was another part you talked about is education. That part I don't understand about you. Is there something you had, like what area is that? And I don't I don't know that end of you. So can you elaborate on well, that? Yeah. So so that's actually kind of interesting. Um, in in that sense, I'm I'm referencing my 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 son. Okay. So he's so he's three and he's. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was born at the height of the pandemic. So he didn't meet anybody for a year and a half other than me and his dad and his grandma, but um, he's a little bit behind in his um, language skills. So for, so basically he just took a little wait, bit longer. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Katie, are you saying that that's how, because, because of not the connection with people, he lost a year and a half of communication skills. I, I would say so. I wouldn't say entirely. Like, obviously, he was, you know, me and Ryan talked to him, you know, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know <laughs> we talked to our child. And so did, you know, and we, we did Zoom calls with family and stuff like that. But there's something to be said for wow, children yeah. you know, being out in public. And, you know, how do you think kids learn to say hi to people and to wave? And, you know, I realized that, you know, that's a milestone on a list at some point. It's like, why isn't my kid waving at people? And it's like, oh, because we don't go anywhere because everything's closed. Like it's, you know, so there's a lot of interesting aspects to that. Um, aside from that, you know, um, uh, genetics, stuff like that, who knows, right? But either way, we, we, we noticed that he was struggling with language skills. And so we started taking him to Kids Ability, um, which is an absolutely awesome organization. And he's flourishing and he talks quite a lot now. Um, but the one thing that I realized with him really quickly, um, was he picks up music before anything else, you know, like he's, I I couldn't tell you the songs that he has sung and it's like, what word did you just say? And it's, you know, and he'll, he's, he's learned other words through learning music. And that, I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. You look at children's shows and how much music is in. Uh, is in children's shows so obviously it's got to be educational right um but no just watching my watching the way that he learns and then I realized that one of my skills that I have is I remember lyrics to almost everything that I've ever heard I I just I I've I've got a really large capacity in my brain for the lyrics that I've heard in my lifetime and I realized that that's a way that I used to remember things in university was to write myself little songs and and to remember things for tests right so anyway i just find it's been interesting watching the way that my kid learns and it's then kind of just i don't know opened up my brain to the idea of music as education and uh i don't know watching your kids i think just shows you a lot more about the world which is a lot of fun i don't know i don't know kids so alan you had kids you guys have kids you can probably elaborate on i don't know is this true yeah, in my, your world, my, my Alan? Kids, my, yeah, my kids. Uh, kids will change you. I mean, you said earlier that you know your music will be with you forever, and then so will your kids. Once you've got kids, you, you've got kids. So my my kids are not kids anymore, but they 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 actually played in the same band, toured around North America five times, and and uh, you know they did they did three albums. I never got to do one. So you know your kids, your kids. You'll learn you'll learn lots from your kids but they will also help you grow. 
And, uh, you know, so, yeah, no, you know, welcome to parenthood and, uh, you know, be blessed uh, as you already have been, obviously. Thank you, Alan. See, Alan put it much more eloquently than I did, but, uh, no, that, that, that exactly is true. Is that it's, it's, uh, it's watching your kids grow will help you grow for sure. I've learned a whole heck of a lot about myself in the past three years becoming a parent and uh there's there's a lot of things that I used to be really afraid of and nervous about and uh that I'm just not anymore because watching my children and seeing kind of the bigger picture has made me go oh that doesn't matter anymore <laughs> why was I ever worried about that okay so do you think that being a part of music is uh, being part of music all your life has been a, a beneficial thing as a mother you think I don't know I because I don't know I'm just asking I think absolutely it has been. I, 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 I find that it's, it's a lot of fun connecting with my kids when I sing to them. I've, I've, you know, I've been singing to my kids since I was pregnant with them. So, you know, um, my, uh, my son and I definitely connect through music every single day. Um, he plays, uh, we've actually, we've got a keyboard. I, I don't know how to play keys but we've got a keyboard for some reason mm-hmm. and uh and he plays that all the time and uh and and we've you know it's it's created this time for us where we can spend time playing music and that also doesn't include his baby sister so that's kind of a a, a moment that we get for the two of us um but i also find too that you know growing up with my dad who was a musician and all the kind of really interesting experiences that i got through that um, have definitely shaped the kind of parent that I became as well. Um, knowing that it didn't affect me that, you know, sometimes my bedtime was a little bit different than other kids. Cause I got to go to shows and, right. you know, I, I, I sometimes spent a lot of time with, uh, uh, with, with adults and, and stuff like that. But I, I have some really cool influential musicians, uh, adults in my life that I met, uh, through, growing up in that kind of environment right who kind of helped me shape who i am as a human being so um yes my answer is yes i do think that it influenced me positively as a parent i think i saw you and your dad i don't know why i was there it was an out it was an outdoor concert at what's his name's house i think it was a concert what's his name's house rick hutt's house oh it was at the backyard and you're singing with your dad yeah, we did that. Uh, we did that over the pandemic. That's uh, what I, had it was. Just, I had just had my son. He was like maybe two months old. Oh, that's right. There's a camera there because it was live over the internet. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is there anything else we wanna wanna we're gonna end up ending up here soon? But is there anything else you wanna add before we head out, uh, Kate or, or uh, Alan? Well, this is about Katie, and uh, so I, I, you know, maybe, maybe Katie, wrap up, wrap, wrap it up in in a, in a nutshell. Something that either a, a line that spoke to you. You said you know you reference music or, or lyrics, or putting uh, things to to music helps you remember certain things. But put some put a life event or something that that spoke to you and and, and whatever motivated you. Something that that turned your world upside down in a good way. Relating to music? Whatever you want. Oh, geez. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I could go with the easy one, which I guess was becoming a parent, but um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go with the first, the first time I ever sang a song that I wrote. Um, yeah. I was in, 
I was in grade six, maybe. Um, and there was a talent show and I got up and I, I actually remember my dad saying to me that he was like pretty blown away by the fact that I had the balls to do this, which I'm not sure I would now. Um, but I, I, I wrote a song and I got up in front of the whole school at a talent show and I sang it acapella. Um, and, and it was about, and and it was, and it was a pretty intense song too, from what I recall, it was, it was about, um, a friend who had, uh, stopped talking to me and I was just not doing well with it. And so that was kind of my way of moving through that, I guess, was to, to write this and, and share it with the whole school, (laughs) which, you know, in retrospect, I guess. Are you telling me at 11 years old, you were getting that connection already? Yeah, apparently. Somebody wasn't talking to you, and then you wrote it, and then emotionally went and wrote it and sang it? I did, and I I sang it acapella, and I I do recall, as an adult, my dad has told me, I remember thinking, like, he said, I didn't want to kind of break your your confidence he's like but i remember thinking like do you are you want to do that like is that is that something that you you're being a little protective you know are you sure you'd like to do that um and and i did and honestly i remember it feeling really good and uh and and i do think that that probably was a a pretty shaping moment for me because uh getting up in front of a lot of people and sharing your your emotions and your feelings which really i think is what music is is really difficult and uh um yeah that was a good moment for me yeah that's powerful i mean and and that's true i mean we talked about this on other podcasts but i mean music is is you know when you play with a band as well when you have to work with other people on your music it's an intimacy so uh you know it's a band is like a marriage uh uh with the the other people in the band but i mean when you're writing songs you're sharing, you're, you know, you're being intimate with with people, and and where you're bringing them together. So your intimacy allows them to to heal as well. So uh, it's it's pretty deep stuff, and so that's pretty that's a pretty deep story. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. No, Alan's totally right. It is, and uh, when actually, and to speak on the band part too, like I the first my first time playing with a full band would have been my CD release party in 2022, and. Uh, everybody learned all they were my friends and they they all learned all my songs and it was uh get, get, getting to getting to be in a rehearsal space with those people for weeks on end having them learn my songs and i inevitably told the stories about those songs to those people and then we all performed together in this space in front of all these people there was like you know 100 something people there and uh that that was a defining moment too for sure because you're right that is uh, that is a really intimate moment to share that with uh with a band and be able to perform with other people that way so yeah so both sides of the coin there are both pretty beautiful yeah thank you uh what uh just so i can i don't forget what what name do you go under when you're playing out live so that people watching this can go look for it what name do you go under katie, katie topham is is what topham. i go by when i play live yeah topham t-o-p-h-a-m i'll stop talking topham yeah, it's Topham. It's it's, it's <laughs> like Sir Topham Hat. Oh, I'll so many for people pronounce it Topham. That's okay. As long as you don't call me Topham, then it's good. Oh, I never thought of that. All right, thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you, Katie and Alan. Thank you Toronto. so much for having me. This was so great. All right, thanks. You guys. Bye. Hi, guys. Nice to see you, Alan. Thanks, Brad. Wow. Uh, like I said, uh, now I really know her. Uh, much better um, uh, that was a powerful episode uh, you know and uh, she was very uh, vulnerable and uh, very honest with us and uh, 
in this journey of life, uh, she certainly uh, she certainly uh, articulates it uh, very well for a young person. I still call her young compared right. to compared to me. <laughs> so uh, she just had her daughter three weeks ago, and so Katie, right. we wish you, you know you and your husband all the best with your children going forward, and you know, we'd like to thank her for being on our podcast. Uh, yes. Okay, I'll, we're on we're on to the next one. Thank you.